0: And welcome to your sparkly brand. We're here to inspire and empower female entrepreneurs like you. This podcast is all about delivering no fluff content that helps you grow your business. It doesn't matter if you have no budget and are still DIYing everything on your own. We're giving you the tips, tools, and strategies you need to build a sparkly empire. I'm Lauren Tasty, a copywriter and launch strategist, and I'm here with my co-host and branding and marketing expert Megan Kirsch.
1: Hey, how's it going? I'm great. How are you doing? I am good. I am just getting back from Coachella this past weekend, so a little bit of recovery. But uh,
0: yeah. Hang it in there. Awesome. Well, do you have a sparkly moment?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So aside from, I kind of have two this week. So like aside from Coachella, which was incredible, our friend actually was able to get us like backstage at the do lab. So that was like really fun. So amazing weekend. But I also this past week launched new product in my business. And so I think I might've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's essentially like a DIY branding kit. So it has a Canva template for a brand guide. So essentially it kind of guides you along, like what pieces of, uh, your visual identity to plug in to the actual guide. And then it's accompanied by a brand strategy video. So the whole reason why I created this product was that I saw a lot of brand boards out there. So there would be like one single like image where you could like plug in your logo, plug in your colors, whatever. But the problem there is that branding is so strategy driven and none of those brand boards come with strategy. And so this is why I essentially put together this product so that you kind of get both. So yeah, that is making me feel a little bit sparkly.
0: Awesome. Yeah. That seems super helpful. And I totally, yeah, it's much more complex than just like a logo and some colors. So that sounds super helpful. And you said it's available now. Yeah. Awesome. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes if anybody's interested in checking it out.
1: Yeah. What about you? What's your sparkly moment this week?
0: So truthfully, it's been a tough week, just like not feeling motivated, not feeling, you know, super inspired by my business, but I'm going to celebrate my husband because I'm super excited for him. He just released a single. This is so crazy. He's a comedian, obviously, but he's been working with a friend who's also a DJ, pretty well-known DJ, Sasha Robotti. And they just today released a single for uh, a new song and he does the vocals on it. So I just think that's super cool. And it's one of those things that like my husband just released a single isn't really a sentence I thought would have come out of my mouth anytime recently, but- so I'm excited for him and I'm going to share that sparkliness.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I got to listen to it this morning. I loved it. And we will put a link to that song in the show notes as well. Yeah. All right. So what are we talking about today? So today we are talking about SEO, aka search engine optimization. This is essentially the algorithm that Google uses in order to place content when you do a search. And so it ranks content first, second, third, etc. And like all algorithms, SEO is constantly changing. So it's really important to stay up to date on the best practices and kind of current, you know, things that you need to focus on within SEO.
0: Yeah. I actually think since I wrote the notes for this episode, I've seen like other copywriters talking about how Google's making these changes and these changes. So it really, it changes all the time. Whatever we're saying today could not be true tomorrow. Just keep, you know, it's that whole like experiment, keep doing learning kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I feel like there are some of the rules that we're going to chat about today that are kind of like general guidelines that. I I mean, have been kind of best practices for years. So, you know, some things come and go, but other things are definitely kind of like
0: mainstays. Yeah. The other thing I want to make sure we're clear about before we jump into like the actual like doable stuff is SEO is a huge industry. There are a lot of agencies out there. There are a lot of freelancers that are always sort of pitching their services. This is like, I feel like the category that I get the worst awful spammy cold emails from. I'm not sure if it's just like a disconnect or something, but this is all meant to be like action easy things people can do no matter what like your tech level is, no matter where you're at in terms of like having a team. It's just really sort of simple things you can go in and adjust on your own website, in your own blog post, that kind of thing. So it's just a very broad overview. If you're interested in digging deeper into it, there's all sorts of great resources online to learn more about SEO. And these strategies, they work for web-based copy. So we're talking about blogs, the text on your website, that kind of thing. I don't want to jump ahead too much, but one thing in the past, and maybe this isn't true anymore, that I. Used as a determiner when I'm looking for keywords is if I have like a long tail keyword, the results that show up on the first page are social media. So if it's a Pinterest or a Facebook page or something, that means there's a ripe opportunity for a blog post or some web based copy. So I wonder if that's changing too.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I hadn't heard about that, but that might be interesting to kind of keep up. On. See, this is what we're talking about. Like it's yeah. always just <laughs> changing all the time. So that's interesting. So SEO is all about keywords. And super easy way to get started with researching your keywords is just to go to Google and start typing in keywords that are related to your niche. You will notice that a little drop-down menu will appear when you start typing into Google. And these are some of the most commonly searched for terms within your niche. So that's a great place to start. And then you also want to focus on long tail keywords. There are long tail keywords and short tail keywords. And so let's give some examples here. So if you are talking about a short tail keyword or essentially, It might be just like soap or apple or toy or something like that. One word, one to two word keywords. When we're talking about long tail keywords, we're talking about three to four word keywords. So you want to go for those long tail keywords because they are easier to rank for. You also want to think about how you might be able to integrate some local terms into your strategy. So let me give an example here. Los Angeles based music producer or something like that might be a good example. So see how you are integrating the, the place with the type of niche that you're going for. That's how you would essentially create a location-based long-tail keyword. Another great thing to kind of integrate into your strategy is questions as long-tail keywords. So here's an example. Where can I find locally made handmade soap in Portland? That might be something that somebody is typing into Google to find a result. So picking a handful of long-tail keywords to focus on in your strategy is is a great place to
0: start. The best thing to do is find your keywords before you start writing. It's really a lot more work and a lot more taxing to have written something and to go back in and add keywords. And so I have a couple of tools I like to use. So my first place that I always start, I use a tool called keywords everywhere. And it a uh, Google Chrome plugin. It's not free, but it's very cheap. I think I pay like $20 a year or something for basically like unlimited searches. You buy like a hundred thousand searches or some crazy number like that. And I love it because it's just a part of me searching things. And it also, I'm pretty sure it also covers like Amazon, YouTube, like it'll come up in places beyond just Google search as well. So I love it. There's a little like star next to one. You can like star results and numbers and all of that. And so then you can kind of go back later. I use it even when I'm just like searching Searching for stuff in my personal life just to keep my brain sort of in SEO mode. So I highly recommend it. I don't use other tools as much anymore just because this one's so easy and it's just kind of like always running. The other one I do still use is Ubersuggest. And I like, I just use a free version of that. And that's more for an existing client's website. I'll pop it into there and make sure like if I'm redoing their website copy, I'm not gonna like ruin anything or see what keywords they're already ranking for. It's less of a keyword finding tool and more of an understanding what's working and what isn't working on an existing website. And then the other popular one is Google keyword planner I don't really use it anymore just because it's not as easy to use that's a free one that's like 100% free so if you're not ready to invest yet you can definitely try and figure that one out
1: what do you use so I primarily use uber suggest I actually use they have a, a keyword ideas tool in there that I really like to use but it helps you to come up with different ideas let's say for example you're in the branding niche right and you want different ideas around like different content pieces that you could make you could just type in branding and it will give you all of the top results that are related to branding, which is really great. I also love to use the site audit tool within Ubersuggest just because it really helps when it comes to working with clients, like giving like a kind of a bird's eye view on both the technical side and the content side um, of SEO. So awesome. Well, another suggestion for Ubersuggest. So I know we touched on this already, but a big part of SEO is the content side of it. And so once you have some keywords that you want to try to target, Target, you are going to want to sit down to write some copies. So this might look like copy for your website pages or within a blog post, but you need to make sure that you are integrating those long tail keywords that we are talking about. So you always want to think about how you can put the reader first. So, and really try to integrate those keywords in a natural fashion. So don't just be stuffing keywords and the title and description and all of the body copy just to get them in there. Make sure that they make sense and flow in a natural sense within the copy.
0: Yeah. And there's a balance between overusing the keyword and using the keyword in a right amount. This, that whole like keyword stuffing thing people used to do like 20 years ago, that will like kill your website if you do that. So you want to be conscious about it. You want to make sure you're writing quality content. That's really what it comes down to. And Google can recognize that versus just like, I'm writing content for SEO and here's some sentences and that kind of thing. So if you're writing something good and useful to your audience, throw some keywords in there. You'll, you're better than 90%. Of what's exists on the web right now. So if you find yourself using the same word like fifteen times on a five hundred word page, that's too much. Replace it with synonyms. Replace it with you know alternate keywords. Just avoid that keywords overstuffing because it will kill your ranking.
1: Yeah, that's a that's where it's really really helpful to have done your research in advance. Because if you have a list of long tail keywords that you want to target, you can most likely pull from that list for those other alternates that you want to plug into your copy. So it makes it really really easy. Another thing that we want to talk about is the headline of your page. So this might be the h1 header on your website or of your blog post, but essentially we want to make sure that this is a captivating part of your page. This is sometimes the only chance that we have to grab attention, and if people don't get drawn into that article or that page, we risk them seeing the article and then bouncing off the page. So if they get disinterested, this can actually send a negative signal to Google. And this affects what's called your bounce rate on your website. So if you have a high bounce rate, that's not good. You need to bring it down. You need to write
0: better headline copy for your website. And so you started to get into this next point, but using your keyword in the H1 and the H2 headers and using that formatting. I think sometimes, you know, when we're just starting out, if we're writing blogs, we just kind of don't think about that stuff. But the H1 and the H2 are really where what signifies to Google that your content is valuable for this keyword. It's my favorite way to boost SEO rankings, specifically H2 headers. And that's so easy to do, whether it's a blog or a website copy um, to just add some, you know, headlines. And it really helps to break up the page and break up the text and make it more visually appealing to the reader, which keeps them on your page. So use H2 when you can. It, this is a really easy thing to go into your website right now and do, and just add some headlines, add some, if you've got some great points, make those H2s, you know, you don't want it to seem like a uh, spazzy, sporadic, but just use more h2s in your copy when you're writing highly recommend it
1: let me ask you this how do you know like how many h2s you should have like throughout your page is there like a guideline for like if i have 10 paragraphs like how many h2s should i
0: have yeah i don't i generally don't talk about. About things in terms of paragraphs or pages, just because that's so subjective. And like when I'm writing, most of my paragraphs are one or two sentences. But in terms of word count, is a better way to look at it. Like so, if you have a thousand word blog post, having three to five H2s in there is great because that's going to break things up. It's going to again keep things flowing, keep the reader engaged. It's also like, and this we're getting outside of SEO now, but like adding some images to those pages too, just to to make it look visually appealing and make it look like something the reader wants to read and not just you know. here. Clearly this was written for SEO and it's not meant for humans to actually consume.
1: And yeah, when it comes to your page copy or your blog posts, using formatting in general is just going to help to keep people on the page longer. It's going to help again, to break up that text and make the page a bit more scannable, which is what you want, because people want to find the information that they're looking for as quickly as possible. And so making your page scannable is going to help with that. You touched on this a little bit, Lauren, but breaking up your larger paragraphs into smaller paragraphs can be helpful. Giving the eye some breathing room and white space will help the reader to digest that information a little bit more
0: easily. Yes. And so then one of the other things I wanted to touch on that I just feel like people get so easily overwhelmed by. It's like, as soon as you say these phrases, people's eyes glaze over. They're just like, no, too far. We've talked about SEO too much. And that's title tags and meta descriptions. First of all, you don't need to know anything about coding to add these to your web pages If you're using most of the platforms out there these days, Squarespace, Shopify, all these. It's so easy to just like when you're creating product pages or when you're creating blog posts in Squarespace, it makes it they make it so easy to add these. So forget about them being hard to do. It's as easy as copy and pasting. So a title tag is the title that shows up on Google search page. A lot of times, if you don't do anything, this will be the title of your website or the title of your page or your headline. But sometimes a great headline for your page isn't as useful as you want to lure a Google reader, Google searcher in to read your page. And that's, I think, I think it's blue when you search. So you want to 100% make sure your keyword is in there, especially if it wasn't in there as the title of your page. And you want to think about what would make somebody who's seeing 10 options, right? 10 of these that all look the same, all the fonts the same, what makes is going to make this one stand out to the reader and make them click on it. Um, And so that's a title tag. You want to aim for 60, characters are less because Google cuts it off after that point. So again, that's where if your title, the title or page is longer, just shorten it, just make it more succinct for a title tag. And then a meta description is the chunk of text that shows up on Google search page that summarizes what your page is about. We've all seen it. We all know what it is. It doesn't have to be that complicated. So again, you want to make sure your keyword is in there, make it interesting and get the reader to click on your page. And then I highly suggest including a CTA. And a lot of times the CTA is go read the blog post, go read the, you know, visit the page. It doesn't, it's not, you know, buy something now. And for that, you want to aim for between 140 and 160 characters before Google cuts you off. So I actually
1: have a really amazing tool that I would recommend that I use with all my clients. And it is the detailed SEO Chrome extension. It's completely free, but it gives you a quick check on number one, do title tags and meta descriptions even exist on the website? And number two, do they need work? It gives you that very quick overview of how that is set up. It'll give you like an indicator green or red. If you're in the red, you need some work. And if it's (laughs) green, then it's good to go. You can also use that tool to do a quick check on your page when it comes to the the header tags as well. So I highly recommend checking out that tool. One other thing that I wanted to mention too when it comes to SEO is when you are placing images on your website, this is on your pages and your blog, making sure that keywords are included in the actual file name of the images can be helpful. One thing that I've also read about recently is that long tail keywords are three or four words long, putting dashes in between those words is the easiest way for Google to recognize that those are separate words. So do keep that in mind. And then also once you add the image to the blog post or the page, making sure that you are giving it alt text that also has your keywords within it. So those are kind of like the two final tips that I would give when it comes to images on your page.
0: Yeah. And then, you know what else I'm going to say that I feel like you did, I saw something on Instagram, or maybe you did a TikTok about this very recently, but a lot of times. And I think people maybe don't realize this. If you created a banner for the top of your page in Canva or something, and you're including your, you know, the headline for your website in there, Google's not going to index that because it's an image.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you need to remove the text from that image and just add it as an H1 tag or H2, depending on where it is in your page, how important that text is. Because yeah, Google won't be able to read that text. So that is the best practice. Okay, so that is all we've got for you today. I hope that we have taken some of the intimidating out of SEO. Give some of these strategies a try the next time you are trying to write some copy for your website. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay sparkly.